0: Welcome to Victory Church, Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. Well, are we ready to hear the word of the Lord this morning? Who's ready to hear from God today? I want you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew Matthew, the tax collector, whom Jesus called from the tax booth and said, Come, follow me. He records the life of Jesus in his gospel, inspired by the Holy Spirit, giving us these words as he recounts his recollection of the events that transpired. In the 14th chapter, we're going to begin reading at verse 13 here in just a moment. How many are you grateful that God is a generous giver? Anybody grateful that God is a generous giver? <laughs> he blesses and lavishes His love in our life in incredible ways. But we're called not to hoard His generosity, but to respond to His generosity in giving back to Him and giving to others. And in a culture consumed with consuming and driven by selfishness. We can respond to hell's greed with heaven's generosity. We were made for this. We were created in the image and likeness of God. We were born again to reflect the heart of God in this world. And as such, God has called us to live a generous life. And so last, the last two weeks, we've been in a collection of teachings called A Blessed Life because we realize Um, that a blessed life is a generous life. A blessed life is a giving life. A blessed life is a self-sacrificing life. And we discovered the true meaning of a blessed life by examining God's governing principles on financial stewardship, giving, and blessing. And I want to talk to you this morning about generosity and your giving. Turn to, again, Matthew chapter 14, verse 13, and I'm going to read. We can read together. If you have the Victory Church app, you can follow along with our notes in there, and if not, then you can follow along the screen behind me or in your electronic device or your physical Bible this morning. Hear the word of the Lord. Very familiar passage, verse 13. When Jesus heard it, it's talking about here in context. Uh, John the Baptist was killed by Herod. When Jesus heard about this, he departed from there to a deserted place, a solitary place, by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go to the grocery store and pick up some food in the villages so they can buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, (laughs) They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. In other words, Jesus was calling them to generosity. And and then they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down in the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and he gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. I want to preach for a few minutes this morning along these lines the blessing of generosity. Would you join your hearts with me in prayer this morning? Father, thank you that you are so good and gracious and generous to us. Lord, you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing, every good thing that we have, Lord, we find in your word it comes from you. You are the source of everything that we have. And so this morning, Lord, I pray that each one of us would acknowledge you, Lord, in this important area of our life, in this important area of giving. Lord, you've called us to a generous life. So Lord, in in this moment, Lord, as we gather around your word, God, I pray that we would receive your word. I pray that we would believe your word. And God, I pray that we would leave this place obedient to your word today. I pray your blessing upon the receiver, those that are hearing your word, and for myself as I share with you, share with your people what you have put in my heart. I thank you for this time that we have together around your word this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As Christmas was closely approaching, there was a young man who wanted to give something special, unique, unusual to his father to prove to him how much he loved him, to prove to him how valuable he was. His father lived quite a distance away from him, and so he began looking uh, for this special, unique Christmas gift. He started thinking about something uh, that would just be phenomenal for his dad to communicate his love to him. And So as he was looking around, he found the perfect gift. It was a parakeet, an exotic parakeet. This parakeet was so unusual and so special, he could speak five languages... And he could sing the Star Spangled Banner on one leg. That's a special parakeet. And so he said, I found the perfect gift for my dad. I know that dad would love this. He would know how special this gift this is when he sees this gift. And furthermore, this gift cost the young man $10,000. Purchased the parakeet. And had him shipped to his father just in time for Christmas season. Was so excited that morning, that Christmas morning when he woke up, he just got on the phone, called his dad right away, asked his dad, he said, dad, did you get my gift that I sent you? His dad said to him, yes, son, I got the gift. By the way, this is Rob Rainville's fault, our guest speaker last week. He messed my headset up. (laughs) Yes, I got the gift, son. Well, Dad, what do you think about the gift? Oh, I love, love the gift, son. It's great. He said, it, he said Dad, well, t- you don't seem excited. Tell me, tell me more about the gift. He said, Son, it was so delicious. I've never had anything so tasty in all my life. <laughs> the point is, the father misused the gift that was given to him Because he didn't understand the nature of the gift and how it was given. I wonder how many of us can misuse the gifts that God has given to us. Using them in a way that was unintended. How many of us this morning misuse and mismanage the gifts, the money that God has blessed us with, that God has graciously given to us? And I know what you might be thinking this morning, if I was to ask each one of you, are you generous? Immediately, you would begin to think of uh, situations and circumstances, times in your life where you gave to certain causes, and you would say, yes, Pastor Keith, I'm, I'm generous. Most, like most people, you consider yourself a generous person, but I, I, I'm here to ask you to push back a little bit this morning and say, are you really generous? You see, generosity is more than spontaneous or random acts of giving. Generosity is a lifestyle that flows from the heart of God. It's a consistent lifestyle. And this morning, I want to talk to you how to not just do generous things. I don't want to just talk to you about how to give, but I want to talk to you this morning about how to be generous. What does it look like? What does the Bible say about how we can live a generous life? In our time together this morning, I want to share with you this truth from our scripture today, and it's this. As a recipient of God's generosity, I respond with generosity by sharing with others. I'm going to say it again. As a recipient, if you're taking notes, write this down, as a recipient of God's generosity, I respond with generosity by sharing with others. And so this morning, I want to teach you, I want to show you in the scripture, through the, in this passage, that being generous um, is going to require you to, to adopt maybe a new mindset. Maybe to give up an old way of doing things and to embrace a new way of doing things. Being generous this morning, I want to point out to you from our passage, means firstly and foremostly doing this. It means exchanging my presumption for God's plan. Let me read the scripture uh, for you this morning, beginning at verse 13. When Jesus heard about it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. And when he found the multitudes, when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion on them, and he healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, "This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the village and buy themselves food." Their presumptions. Exchange your presumptions about what being generous it means and exchange them for God's plan. A presumption is this. Listen, it's an idea that is taken to be true and often used as the basis for other ideas, although it is not determined to be certain. Hmm. But God's plan for generosity, God's plan for giving, is better than our presumptions for our giving. Here's God's plan for our giving. God's plan for our giving is the tithe And it is the offering. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, and I read this to you, preached on this about the tithe two weeks ago. It says, verse 8, will a man rob God? You have robbed me, the Lord is saying. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And the Lord says, in tithes and offerings. I told you that the tithe is obedience, but the offering is generosity generosity is above and beyond your tithe you see because the tithe belongs to god we give to god first what belongs to god right and then we give above our tithe which is our offering which is generosity listen to what happens when we give our tithes and our offerings he says, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. But then he continues to say, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring the tithes into the storehouse. This is the church. This is the, 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 the temple. This is... Uh, the place in which you receive ministry that there may be food in my house and try me now in this says the Lord of hosts If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it And so we find even from Genesis all the way to Revelation that your money really does matter to God The reality is that your heart and your giving are connected for Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yes. Jesus talked more about money and possessions and wealth than he did about prayer, about faith and heaven and hell. 2,300 times in the scripture, Jesus talks about giving. Why is that so important? Financial giving is so important because it, just, it doesn't only just reveal where our heart is, but it determines where our heart is going. And that's where God says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We can't take anything with us, but we can send it ahead. We can give to something that will outlive and outlast us. God is not against us having things, but he's against things having us. And so it should be in its proper perspective. And that's what we want to do this morning. We want to exchange an old way of thinking We want to exchange holding on to what we have and we want to exchange our presumptions to grab a hold of what God's plans are. God invites us to a life of generosity and that's why Jesus can say here in this passage, you give them something to eat. He's inviting us to step outside of ourselves and give of what we have. (laughs) Inviting us to a life of generosity, but we pursue blessing Here's the problem. We pursue blessing on our presumptions instead of seeking God's plan. <laughs> we have to prayerfully place our presumptions in God's hands. What does this look like? When you get your check from your employer, when you give, uh, uh, get money and whatever resources uh, that you receive money from, whenever you get those things, you immediately should pray, God, what would you have me to do? We know we don't have to figure that out because God has somewhat because God has already given us a plan. He give, he's given us a plan for the tithe, but then the offering is generosity. And this is how it looks here at Victory Church. We call this Kingdom Builders. Our giving above our tithe um, is means that you are giving generously, and we have a strategic plan for that. It's called Kingdom Builders. This is how we support our missionaries and missions organizations around the world. I want to give you an update on our missions giving for 2022. I'm so grateful that you have, as a church, you have risen to the occasion, many of you. Many of you have risen to the occasion. In 2022, in March, at our uh, Kingdom Builders Convention, we set an audacious goal of $125,000 to expand the kingdom of God, to, to preach the gospel in all the world, both um, in our local area, in, in our region, in our nation, and around the world through various missions, uh, endeavors. And we set that audacious goal to be $125,000. From the previous year, we set it to $100,000. We met that goal the previous year, and this year we set that audacious goal, and I can tell you... Uh, happily tell you this uh, morning that currently we have exceeded that goal and we are giving at a rate of (laughs) $167,939. Above our tides, making a difference in our community and around the world. Approximately $66,000 has gone um, to missionaries and missions organizations going around the world and we've also... Uh, raised $101,000, $101 and $652 uh, to go to our food pantry building. Give God praise for that. Amen. In addition, we've raised, this is just fundraising. This is outside of the 100, $101,000 for our food pantry. We've given, we've raised funds of in, the, in the amount of $37,536 to go to our food pantry. Amen. Praise God. And also, we have taken two missions teams. This is not included in that number. We have taken two missions teams to Honduras this year. Amen. And so that's an awesome, awesome work that we've been able, we've been blessed to be a part of. And so these disciples, they had their presumptions. They had their ideas as to what God would want them to do. And maybe you're in this place today and you have some ideas. Hey God, I, I'm going to do this. And God, I want to give to that. Or God, I'm, I'm going to give when I get. God, I'm, I'm going I'm to do more when I get more. I want you to exchange your presumptions as to how God wants you to give and exchange it for his plans that he's given up to us in his word. Secondly, if we're going to become generous, generous Generosity means this. It means exchanging close-fisted living, exchanging close-fisted living for open-handed living. Here's what I want you to do as an illustration for your, even for yourself this morning. I want you to clench your fist. I want you to take your two fists. And I want you to pretend like you've got $100,000 in each hand, all right? And I want you to pretend like the person next to you is trying to take that money out of your hand, all right? And I want you to squeeze it tight, 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 as tight as you can squeeze it so that they can't get it from you. And I want you to hold on to that and squeeze tightly over the next few moments. I want you to put yourself in this situation. I want you to let the implications of verse 16 sink in. Jesus tells his disciples, he says, you, you still clenching? Okay, I just want want to make sure. He says, you give them something to eat. There's approximately 15,000 people on that Galilean hillside. And the Lord tells them, you give them something to eat. So you and the rest of the followers of Jesus, I want you to put yourself in this situation. You scatter about that huge crowd. You're going about asking people, what do you have? What? What, what could you possibly give? After about 30 minutes, you gather together back as a team to find out what you found. You gather back together just minutes later. You take inventory and you announce to the rest. All together, we have two fish sticks and five hush puppies. <laughs> and... We've got a Black Panther action figure toy. So that's a bonus. They have five loaves and two fish. Out of 15,000 people, they come to the Lord. They bring back this report to him. And they said, Lord, we only have, we don't have enough to meet the needs of the crowd. What's Jesus' solution in that moment? He says to them and he says to you, you might not have enough to meet the needs. Maybe there's more month than there is money. You don't see how I can provide for this situation and see how my my giving to you can meet the need. But he looks back at you and he says, whatever you have, bring to me. You think to yourself, Lord, don't you realize I don't have enough. We don't have enough to meet the need. But what do you do in that moment when Jesus asks you to bring what you have? You take that fist. Now, are you tired yet? Are you tired? Did some of y'all give up? Your muscles started trembling, right? Started shaking. And I want you to do something that will bring you just relief. And I want you to open that hand. Just open your hands, both your hands. Here's what they did. They exchanged closed-fisted living for open-handed living. In other words, they brought to God what they had. Not what they really wanted, not enough to meet the needs, but they brought to God what they had, and they put it in the hands of Jesus. Jesus took what they had, They open up their hands. Jesus takes what they have. And I want to tell you this morning that Jesus can take what you have, even if it's little, it's much when you place it in the hands of Jesus. Jesus is the one who has the ability to bless and to multiply. And some people, you might be in here today, and you might be clinging to what you have. You might be holding on to what you have, and if you hold on to what you have, you think that you might just have enough, but holding on to what you have will only leave you with less. This is counter to anything that you would think that you could figure out, that you know what would make sense, but God invites you to live open, not closed-handed, because when you give what you have to the Lord, he is able to take what little you have and he's able to put his blessing on it and he's able to make it much more than you could with your own strength, your own ability, your own resourcefulness, your own presumptions. Take what little you have and place it in God's hands. Maybe you've heard the story about how monkeys um, are caught in the country of India. Anybody heard this before? Maybe you haven't. A smart hunter figured this out in India. He wanted to use um, the monkey's natural tendencies against him in order to be able to catch the monkey. Apparently, they eat monkeys in India. So, um, catching this monkey, and he sets a trap for him. What he takes is he takes a coconut. He figured if you could take a coconut, you cut a small hole in that coconut, and you tie a string to the other side... And you hide in the bush over there, you hold the string, you, you, you put a, a bunch of peanuts or bananas into this little hole. When the monkey comes along, he's so enticed by the goods, by the treats that are inside of this coconut, that he'll take his little monkey hand and he'll put it into that coconut. When he puts it into that coconut, the hunter's job is done. Why? Why? Because when the monkey takes that coconut, when he's got that treat in his hand, he closes his fist around it. And once he has what he thinks that he wants, that he thinks that he needs, he's got his hands closed, and that hunter, all he has to do is yank that rope, and he's got the trap, and he's got the monkey, everything that he needs right there that falls into his lap. And maybe if you have a love for monkeys, you're on that side of that road where that hunter is setting that trap. And you just want to yell out to that monkey, monkey, save yourself. It's not worth it. Just open your hand and take your hand out of the trap. But that monkey won't let go of what he thinks that he needs, of what is rightfully his and so he holds on to what he has and all the while he's ensnared he's trapped by the hunter but here on the other side of the world in our own world on our own corner of the world i wonder if we're as guilty as that monkey we hold on too tightly about of what we think is ours We want it so badly that oftentimes we're blind to the consequences of our holding. And despite the seeds of generosity that God has put in our hearts, we want to give, we're under the impression that if we can just hold on to what we have, then somehow what we have will be enough. Don't be a monkey. The moral of the story, don't be a monkey live an open-handed life give what you have to god and when you live an open-handed life although what you have might be given to god he will fill that empty place with his peace he will begin to provide for you in unexpected and unforeseen ways because he is a god who keeps his promise he can be trusted i want you to imagine your life, living an open-handed life where your financial stress and strain is replaced with financial peace. I want you to imagine a life where you have freedom to give and you're not living in debt. I want you to imagine a life where joy floods your heart as a result of giving. I want you to imagine a life that you can be and do what God has called you to do. I want you to imagine a life of generosity. It's an open-handed life. And so being generous means exchanging our presumption for God's plan. It means exchanging closed-fisted living for open-handed living. And finally, being generous means exchanging my objections for obedience to God. And P.L., if you come play, we're gonna close in a moment. Listen to me. After Jesus takes this gift, these five loaves and the two fish that they had given to him. They place it in Jesus' hands. I want to read to you what happens. And he, Jesus commanded the multitudes to sit down in the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and he broke and he gave the loaves to his disciples. And the disciples gave, listen to this. To the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that remain. So after Jesus blessed the food, listen to this, he, he starts taking the bread, the five loaves and the two fish, and he said, Peter, come over here. Philip, come over here, Nathaniel. John, come over here. He breaks the bread, he gives it to them. Half a loaf of bread a piece of fish and they began going throughout that hillside that countryside these disciples walked away from Jesus to go feed those with a piece of bread and a piece of fish in their hand but then they began to obediently break it and to give it the point is this When I exchange my objections for obedience to God, and when I began to open my hand and live a generous and obedient life in the area of my finances, I have the blessing of God on what I have given. You see, God didn't bless it until it first was given. Once they gave it to him, he was able to bless it. God cannot bless what you do not give to him. And so when they gave it, he blessed it. And then when he blessed it, it began to multiply as they shared it. This is the amazing aspect of this miracle that took place. It didn't take place in the hands of Jesus. It took place in the hands of the disciples. As they're going about, they're breaking what Jesus had given them to share they had given to Jesus he had given it back to them they began to see this miracle take place even in their hands and we have objections oftentimes to our obedience to God I hear this I hear this objection if I had more I'd give more there's a pastor named Eric Mason he's a black pastor I love the way he said and refuted this argument, if I had more, I'd give more. He said this. He said, the rich you will be no different than the broke you. Your giving when you're rich will be the same as when you were poor. Hmm. And I want you to see generosity is not how much you have, but it's how faithfully you give from what God has blessed you with. The second pushback I get or objection to generosity is this. Small acts of generosity don't matter. With the great multitude of needs, of, of, of the, the, just the magnitude, just the, the greatness of the need, I oftentimes get stuck in thinking that my little gift won't matter. But what about that little boy on that day? who gave what little he had and God took what little he had and he blessed it and he broke it and he used it to meet the needs of the people all over that Galilean hillside. Hmm. This morning when we're generous together through God's power, small acts can accomplish big things. The next pushback I get, the objection I get is that Pastor Keith, I can't afford to give Pastor Rob Rainville talked about this briefly last week. And when we say we can't afford to give, what we're saying is that God, your word isn't true. I would tell you this this morning you can't afford not to give. And in reality, until you give, you will not see the blessing from giving. In order to receive, you have to give. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. This is not the prosperity gospel. I'm not telling you that if you give $1,000 that you're going to give ten, get $10,000. I'm talking about the true riches, the true blessings from God. The blessings of God on your marriage. Come on. The blessings of God on your children. The blessings of God on your workplace. The blessings of God that come to your life through your obedience and giving that will exceed your ability to generate income and generate uh, blessing on your own behalf. This is the supernatural ability of God that's added to your natural ability. You need God's blessing on God, of God on your life. You need God's blessing on the 90%, so give him the 10%. And then after that, begin to be generous and ask God, God, what more could I give? <laughs> this morning, final, finally, the, the pushback that I get, one of the other pu- sayings I get is that if I'm generous, I'll have less. This is what's called a scarcity mindset. Some of us were born not having much, right? We maybe come from families. We may come from harsh situations. We may come from brokenness. We may come from situations where we have not had enough. And we think our only way of getting out of our lack and our scarcity and, and the trouble that we're in is holding on to what we have. Can I tell you this morning, the first thing, the immediate thing that you need to do to get out of your lack is to begin to give. It's countercultural. It's countercultural but it's in accordance with God's word. It's the truth of God's word. And So, my suggestion to you is that when I'm generous, God will meet my needs and so much more. And no objection can truly justify disobedience to God. So therefore, I'm gonna willingly place my heart's in God's hands. What did Jesus say to his disciples? Not only love me and be obedient to me and what you have, but he says, I want you to love me with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. I want you to love me with everything that you have. And so I'm going to willingly place my heart, God, in your hands. As a recipient of God's generosity, I respond with generosity by sharing with others. What was the result of this mighty miracle? Well, each of those disciples had not only what they had given to the Lord, but they had an abundance. They had so much more. Their baskets were filled. And that's why the truth that you may have heard before, the old saying goes this way. You cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. God is a generous giver. And this morning, if you would just rise to your feet all across this room, we're gonna close in prayer. But I would be remiss if I did not tell you about the most generous gift that he ever gave, because he outdid himself. Not only Does he give us all things for us to richly enjoy? Not only is he blessing us that we might be a blessing, not only are everything that we have, every good and perfect gift come from the Father above, but Romans chapter 8 verse 32 talks about the indescribable, generous gift of God. And that he says this, if God did not spare his own son, but gave him up freely for us all. How shall not he with him also freely give us all things? God is not withholding anything from you. God is a generous giver. His greatest act of generosity, you might know it from this passage of scripture John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.